coming up on Influencing Entrepreneurs. What are some of the things that you just don't enjoy about running your own business? Accounting, <laughs> that's one. It's, it's hard to understand things that your brain is not set up to do. After years of teaching entrepreneurship and consulting with numerous companies, I realized that when business leaders shared stories of their success, hardships, and mistakes, it always had an impact in the classroom. So I thought, why not share these real-life business cases for education and inspiration? I'm Kazmer Ward, and this is Influencing Entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we speak with Jack Asa of Asa Studios. Asa Studios helps people create impactful experiences through the power of design. Jack is the founder of and principal architect, having previously worked as a senior project architect at Gensler, an international integrated architecture, design, planning, and consulting firm. Jack has worked on dozens of commercial, mixed-use, and residential projects and provided principal design for the worldwide corporate headquarters of SBX Corporation and the offices of the Duke Endowment. Jack earned his bachelor's degree in architecture from the Jorge Tadeo Lozano University in Bogota, Colombia. Thank you for being here today, Jack. Thank you for having me. So one of the things I just want to start with is what does it mean to create impactful experiences through design? It means a lot when you look at how we experience the world. We're always using you know, our eyes, our senses, to do whatever we need to do in our homes, um, in our workplaces, wherever we go. But somebody needs to think about that environment. Somebody needs to create that space, that scenario for life to happen. And to me, that's the power of design because you create these places with certain characteristics. And when you're using those spaces, your experience should be functional, but also beautiful. I see the design experience as a human brain going through places and with the senses experimenting what somebody else thought for them to happen. Okay, so your background's in architecture. You yes. start your career building, uh, doing both commercial and some residential. Yes. Early on. How do you see that this is something that the public needs to be educated on when they start building and start that design phase? That's a great question. In general, when people are not within the design world, uh, I see that it's, it's hard for them to understand what design is about. When you think about everything you own, everything you have has been designed by somebody else, there is an impact when you're using that object or space. When people understand that impact, they can be more aggressive in terms of um, demanding good design. Sometimes we give up our right to demand good design because design impacts the way we live and the way we use things. When you look at the best design objects or spaces, they're just things that you love to use. You know, people always use Apple, but it's a perfect example of great design. It functions well, it's beautiful, it's easy to use. The same way when we're thinking about buildings or brands or even web experiences, you can also take it to that next level. Uh, how many times have you been on websites where you don't know where things are, that are hard to find and that are not pleasing to you? If good design can make that experience much better, including architecture. You've started taking your theory of design 
from an architectural piece outside of architecture. Yes. And what prompts that? Because it is a artistic part of the brain that you're using, but what prompts you to say, I think my design eye could help in the other industries? When you think about architecture, to me, it's the perfect combination between technique and art. You need to be very artistic and sensible to imagine and create. However, you need to be very technical because you need to understand construction, budgets, time, uh, manufacturing processes. So it really encompasses the, to me, what's the whole spectrum of human capability in your, you know, left brain and right brain. Um, you can employ any of those areas. That's what I love about the, the profession of architecture. You can have people that are more design oriented. They can perform great during the design process. You have people that are more technical. They could be really good at creating construction drawings or looking at um, construction details or the engineering side of the profession. So there is a, a lot of places for people to be on. When I started um, working in, in the design world, I realized that um, there is a very typical design process we go through. You know, I call it the design process. And as you mature within the profession, you start developing your own design process, you know, implementing your own thinking into how to solve problems through design. And it, it takes, you know, the basic idea of having a lot of information, um, organizing the information, sketching ideas, trying possible solutions, refining that solution and taking them to a final uh, you know, production of what that is. So when I started in the profession, I realized that my thinking, I was applying it to solve other kinds of problems. And I started realizing of what, what is it really that I'm bringing to, to the world and to the marketplace as a business and is the design thinking, is the strategic value of design to solve problems. So I started applying that initially to brands understanding how do you build the architecture of a brand and and using the design architectural design process to do that. So I started realizing how that process was giving me a very unique advantage to solve other types of more conceptual or strategic problems in the business world. So did that idea start Asa Studios or did you start as just an architecture firm to begin with? Good question. <laughs> so um, yes and no, I don't know. So Asa Studio is my dream come true. So I'm a first generation immigrant and um, since I was very young in Colombia going to architecture school, my dream was to go to the United States and have my own firm. It was a very high up in the sky dream. I eventually came to United States, started working for architectural firms, started kind of gaining experience, always having the dream inside me. However, you know, I started forming a family and, and when you're an, an immigrant, your first reaction is to assimilate the culture and fit in. And so I tried to do that as best as I could, but in, in, in that process, I realized I started to um, kind of I will say give up on my dream um, because of just the basic mindset of um, an adult working for somebody, you know, you have your paycheck, you have your benefits, 
you you start having kids and you're like, oh my God, all, all these things, you know, where is my provision coming from? And and if I do this on my own. So I started to realize how I was, I was starting to give up on myself and my potential because of this fake sense of security that unemployment was giving me. I always thought about it, so I was always thinking about the, you know, the architecture world, the design during the during my architecture years, I was also doing brand design work. So I was like, well, this could be a good idea, you know, let's let's cut through the chase, um, start the firm. So that's what I did about three years ago, and initially as an architecture firm and brand design firm. So when I started interacting directly with the marketplace within um, my industry, you know, special, specifically the design and construction industry, having conversations with people, I realized how um, they started asking me for more services that I wasn't really offering. Like, you know, strategic thinking, um, like workshops, and like, hey, can you help me clarify our brand? So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And, and they're like, because okay, we say yeah. yes to everything. Yeah, yes. and they're like, oh, how much is that? I'm like, uh, oh no, uh, I don't know, um, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand. You know, I started because I never thought of selling it. When I realized, wow, there's there's a huge need in the marketplace for clarity thinking, so you can really do what you do the best. So it was kind of like a by accident because I saw that the information I had and my point of view was asked for in the marketplace and then started slowly becoming, and it's still growing, but it's slowly becoming more clear to me what is it that I'm selling. So three years ago, you start Austin Studios. Yes. But before that, you are working with an architecture firm. Yes. How do they feel about your idea to go outside of just architect, you know, structural architecture into the design world? I'm, I got to imagine you're met with some odd stares and... Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, honestly, I didn't, I, I got to a point in, in, in my life before I left where my spirit and my mind quit like a year before my body quit. Like I was gone, like my mind was already thinking other things, creating. So I was very detached from the workplace. That honestly, as that, that's what I felt, you know, I will go there, do my best and deliver what I had to deliver. But I think emotionally I was not involved because I realized that I gained a lot of perspective that that was not my dream. Then what triggered you to leave that job? What was the, the straw that broke the camel's back? It was slowly building up. So I, I would say maybe it was about two years when I was really struggle internally because I had a great job at the best architectural firm you can work in the world. Great benefits, great people, great projects, like no complaint. I got to the point where I said, I, I, ma I made it, I did it. You know, I, I'm, I'm an immigrant, I'm working at this great place. I make good money, I'm happy. However, I was not happy. So it took about me two years to just struggle because I thought, I, I judged myself thinking that I was ungrateful for what I have accomplished, but was still not happy. So slowly I started realizing that it was just uh, another step, another cycle in my life that it was over. And it was time for me just to go to the next level. And it was the time where I had to really believe in myself 
and I will see it at the next step of evolution in my life. And I, I, I was there to maybe 80% and the other 20% it was my wife because um, the way she believed in me, it was far greater to the way I believe in myself and having conversations with her, she was every day like really pushing me and helping me see that potential. And, and she was the one that made, you know, she gave me the last push. So it's, yeah. it's a huge leap of faith. So you open up oh, sure. the business the first day. Yeah. What does that first day feel like? Uh, amazing. Amazing. Um, I had no, I had a lot of background mental preparation to be there. Like when my first day was like, of course, I was supposed to be here. Materially, I didn't have the projects, the money, the resources that I needed. And, and you know, I have, um, I have my wife and three kids and my wife stays at home with my kids. And I may had maybe two months to pay my bills. That's all I had. And I bought a computer, the best computer I could, and started calling people. All the people I have interacted with in the past, sending emails, say, hey, I started my own firm, um, love an opportunity to do something. How long before that first customer or first project? Oh, it was like? really fast, probably the first week. You know, very small things, you know, like a residential addition or, a, you know, a pool house or a small logo, you know, things that were very, very small. But, you know, at that point, the, the things start running, you know, now the, the balls moving things are gaining traction so i was just started executing on my best you know i always say that what i'm selling is i want to make my clients feel that whatever i did they it was it was worth a lot more so delivering you know an amazing amount of value that they didn't expect and i do that in a very small project or in, or in a very big project doesn't matter you start based on your architectural background with with a structural um, design. What's the first project that comes along that goes above and beyond to what's become Asa Studios? Well, it's in the marketplace. It's a very slow process. You know, when you're doing architecture and um, you're dealing with building codes and, you know, you, you have your liability insurance, you're a licensed professional. There, there are a lot of things that are at stake when you're doing that. So the marketplace is a very slow process when the, you start releasing, you know, they give you small projects. Can you do this? Can you do this? You know, you start kind of proving yourself and proving the value. Even though I used to do huge projects before at a bigger firm, the perception in the marketplace is that the bigger firm can handle it. One person can't, even though I was doing it on my own when I was inside a bigger brand. But that, you know, that's just marketplace perception and it's okay. That's part of the business. There's nothing wrong with that. So I slowly started gaining and gaining and gaining more, you know, more bigger and better projects. Now to the point where, um, you know, and, and that's even recent because in three years, it's not a lot of times in terms of the architectural world to, you know, gain, um, you know, market share and things like that. But I feel when I got to the point where I'm very efficient I have very clear what is it that I'm bringing to the marketplace and I'm starting to compete with other bigger firms and I'm starting to win. So I'm realizing how, you know, all the background and all the preparation is starting to make sense now because the proof is, in, in, you get the project, right. right? It's not only in my mind thinking, yeah, 
I think this is the best, but how do you prove it? When the marketplace reacts to it saying, yeah, we value, this is money in exchange for all that value we're perceiving from what you bring. start going into brand design all of those different pieces and the question you brought it up very early on that we hire an architecture to resign ourselves to the process your process is don't resign yourself to it become engaged with it yes how do you engage your customer base so they can put a little bit of themselves into your vision well, I will say it's the other way around. How do I understand the client's vision and I immerse myself in that vision to help them make their vision reality? Because if you need a project, it's not my project, it's your project. That goes from, then who's the first person that comes and says, start working on my brand based on the work you've done? It's, it depends where they, were they, if they know me or they hear from me on social media or they meet me or somebody talk to them about me. Uh, but usually it's when they realize that they have a need for their business, being in the branding or in the design world. And I, they learn that I have a unique perspective of how to meet that need. So that's, that's the best thing where I can quickly understand the, the client's needs and that I'm aligned to that need and and what i try to do with my business development process as i talk to people and talk to prospects or potential clients i want to quickly be efficient and remove the clients that are not aligned with my vision because i'm wasting their time and i'm wasting my time right so when clients are looking for like cheap quick architectural services i can refer them to somebody who does that or when, when they want somebody to just sign a set of drawings because they need a permit, I can facilitate that and help them find somebody to do that. I don't sell that product. I have to imagine there's not a lot of firms in architecture that offer the, the breadth of services that you do. Have you run across any that play in the same space as you? No. There are some firms like um, IDEO or WD Partners, you know, they're big national global companies that they're only design thinking and then architecture is a small leg of their you know breadth of services but not of what i'm doing that's that's one of the things that is helping me understand i didn't know that it was so unique now i'm, I'm seeing it because you may have some firms where the root might be the uh, the graphics part and they do a little bit of environmental work you know graph um, on architectural side but not with the root of the architecture foundation as the thinking um, you know, bed for everything that happens. With being that unique firm, tell me a time where you feel that that is an advantage and another time where it's a disadvantage. It's an advantage when, when I understand what the client need is and I kind of know or I can quickly understand who the competition is, because I know how can I differentiate myself easily. So that's an advantage. 
And it's a disadvantage when people come asking for, yeah, I just need, you know, a plain service, architectural service. Well, I can do it, but that's not where I, where I bring the most value. So at that point, it become honestly a game of cash flow. <laughs> Sometimes I just do it because I need to keep the machine running. But as things get better, I can align myself with people who value what I'm bringing so they can pay the extra value that that brings to their projects. So how do you educate your customers to buy into your process of design thinking? Ideally, I don't have to educate them. That's the best client where there is just immediate connection, understanding, and we quickly move forward to execution. That's the best place for them and for me. If I have to educate too much, it's, it's a waste of time because they're not going to see the value. They're just not going to see it on a, and I don't have time for that. Usually it's conversations like the ones you and I are having where I can explain my thinking, ask a lot of questions because I want to make sure that they feel that it's not my project, it's not for me, it's your project, it's your idea, it's your vision and I'm going to bring my thinking within it to make it their, its full potential. Starting your own firm, you get the few victories, you get the clients, you make calls within the first few weeks, you evolve what your company does. What are some of the things that you just don't enjoy about running your own business? Accounting, <laughs> that's one. It's, it's hard to understand things that your brain is not set up to do. When I see myself being very efficient and proactive on some tasks that align with my natural abilities, it's, it's hard for me to enjoy things that just take, you know, just take a lot of my energy and time and I don't see the progress. So I would say accounting is one of those, which is it's not good because it's all about the numbers. You know that. So paying attention to the numbers takes a lot of discipline and you know, once you take the eye out of the numbers, anything could happen and, and you realize later. So that's, that's one of the things. Uh, the other thing might be my ability to focus because I love to do many different things. Um, I'm a multitasker. That's just the way my brain works. So that, that I realize that is what I bring to my clients. I consume a lot of information in many different ways and it's synthesizing and understanding all those you know, inputs and providing one simple solution that includes that. So trying to focus or be in just one lane is being, is being hard for me. Wanting to be a multitasker and to do a lot of different things, what's next? It changes, it changes very quickly because you know, in three years the business had changed a lot. So now I'm like looking at the next five, 10 years and, uh, and kind of rethinking all those plans. But I think it's one, build a team. So I, I see my first three years as, you know, build the craft, build the brand and build the marketplace interaction. Phase two is gonna be build the team the team where I can translate that brand, the vision and the culture. And the next phase is going to be build the systems to have that in place, create leadership within the firm that I can provide all the tools they need to keep growing the vision. And the last and you know the fourth step will be a point where I don't have to touch the business and the business will do what I created the business to do.
Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this thank today. You. If people want to find out more, they can go to www.asastudios.com. Yes, and also they can check my uh, podcast called The Power of Design Podcast. Okay. Um, dot com is the um, the website, or we are on uh, Apple, and Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. All right, we'll make sure we make that available for Sounds all our watchers. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for watching. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Nexigy Education or visit influencingentrepreneurs.com to catch up on previous episodes with Casimir Ward.